Welcome to The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. This podcast is brought to you by the Utah School Counselor Association, and you're listening to episode number six. I'm Hilary Emmer, a middle school counselor in Jordan School District and past president of the Utah School Counselor Association. On the show this week, Nate interviewed Lauren Rich, the past president of the Utah Association of School Psychologists. Ever wondered what the difference is between a school counselor and a school psychologist? Lauren and Nate have the answers. They also talk about some cool ideas of how we can collaborate together. We can't wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. All right, welcome back everybody to the Yuska Sounding Board. We are super pumped today. We have with us Lauren Rich. Welcome, welcome. So Lauren, she currently serves as the past president for the Utah Association of School Psychologists. It's basically USCA, but for school psychologists. It's dope. Um, she is a classically uh, school psychologist and currently functions as a related services supervisor for Davis School District. Um, she deeply appreciates the collaboration between UASP and USCA and believes that our school counselors and school psychologists are stronger and more effective for students as we work together. Amen, dude. Amen. Mm. Man, I love that so much. Okay, so first things first. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Super happy to have you. Yeah. Um, explain for all the listeners what the difference between a school counselor and a school psychologist is. Because we get it mixed up all the time. And I'm like, yo, it's not my wheelhouse. I don't yeah. do that. So explain to us what exactly is a school psychologist? Constantly. That's like all of our ba- battles on a daily basis, I'm sure. Um, you know, the main differences are a degrees, right? A school counselor has a degree in school counseling and counseling services. And a school psychologist has a degree in school psychology. Um, we cross over in a lot of ways. So, I mean, the confusion is merited, especially because the school counselor is just a role that's more widely known by the public for that works in schools. Um, but a school psychologist in different ways than a school counselor does assess, you know, cognitive and behavioral assessments. That's probably the biggest linchpin that's the difference. So we work with our students who need any assessment or screening for cognitive impairments or social behavioral impairments, or who may be considered for um, individual education plans, so IEP or 504 services. Um, And I would say typically we're providing services to those students as well. So it kind of varies from district to district, but we provide a range of social, emotional, um, or mental health supports or behavioral supports on IEPs and 504s um, that direct work with students. Um, And in districts where we have a lot of time, we also get to do that for our general education students. And that's sort of where we get to work with our counselors the most when we work together with those gen ed students and sometimes our IEP students. That really depends on the counselor. Um, And the school. Yeah, and the school and the district and what kind of time and funds you're uh, able to work with. But that's the biggest difference um, is just interpretation of those and delivery of those assessments. Yeah, like as a school counselor, I see just kids for like literally any reason. They just like, they're bummed, they come in, whatever. So I feel like, like kind of like a jack of all trades kind of person. Yeah. And then the school psychologists, y'all are like the scientific rock stars that come in and help assess kids and test kids for like their 504s and their IEPs. Um, and so you spend a lot of individual time with kids doing testing with them. 
right? Yeah, we do spend a lot of individual time and I like that descriptor. Um, one, another descriptor may be like a data nerd, but yours was much more positive. <laughs> um, you know, school psychologists are pretty highly trained to go in and assess and observe and do a lot of information gathering to kind of pin down what students need, especially when it's trickier than, you know, your typical, typically developing student or student that may have, you know, a little bit of some things going on and just needs someone to chat with about versus someone who's having something deeper and more um, prevalent happening. So do you guys help develop those plans then? The, like the, the IEPs and stuff? Yeah. So most, you know, for, if you're talking about a student who, um, I would say school psychologists are involved in every IEP other than some really specific ones. So if it's a speech language student that only requires some speech language therapy, we're not usually involved. Um, or some of our students who, you know, have visual impairments, those students we don't usually see unless there's something else going on. But most of the time, we're pretty highly involved, especially for specific learning disability plans, because a lot of that is data that we gather. Um, you know, any students that have are under the category of emotional disturbance or um, or students who have other health impairments like ADHD or, uh, you know, any other kind of developmental delays, we're really highly involved in developing those plans and working with the special education team. Right, right. Uh, yeah, at our school until last year, like all, all of the all of the SPED kids were under one school counselor's caseload. And so that school counselor was the one who got to interact with, for the most part, our district school psychologist. Right. And it depends on the district if you have a psychologist for every school, for just the school district. Right. Um, some school districts are more funded and more blessed to have all y'all in like every school. And some of us yeah. are like, yeah, you get one for the whole district. Right. You'll um, see them once Yeah. So over at Davis, how's it over there? Like, do you get to be in one school or... Yeah, so Davis, we're lucky to be um, in that, you know, on the other side of the spectrum where we typically have a school psychologist have two schools. So they're there, they split their time half the week, they're usually at a school two and a half days a week, and then the other one two and a half days a week. Um, so we're pretty lucky that way, but there are a lot of districts that, like Tooele, that just don't have, yeah, don't have the resources for that. And it's just hard to hire. We're not, you know, we're not grown on trees. Nope. Um, and it's a <laughs> national shortage of school psychologists. So one thing yep. that, you know, our state organization and our national organization are really focused on is how to grow the field of school psychology, mm -hmm. um, which is just an, an ever changing thing. We are trying really hard to recruit from the East Coast because there's a lot of, a lot of school psychologists there. And we would like them to come here. <laughs> please. <laughs> if any psychologists in the East Coast are listening, please get your honey on over here. Thank you. So, but, you know, I feel like that is getting better. You know, it, it seems like we went to our national conference last year and we had a big booth for Utah and we had a lot of interest, you know, especially with COVID happening. I think people on the East Coast are realizing the benefit of being in a bigger space and not in a major urban area. So I think that, you know, and Salt Lake is... An, an attractive cool city i think people getting people yeah. to here as soon as they're here they will stay it's just yeah, they're like oh this is cool it's not just a desert cool yeah, yeah so um to those of you listening if you can hear like a lot of hysterical laughter in the background i apologize that is i'm in my office at the school and so i'm right by the secretary too so even with my door closed we might get a little bit of they're funny people they're fun people um, okay, so as a school psychologist, you have a pretty unique perspective then on like what kids are going through and like 
how things are being handled this year and just all of those things. What are some of the challenges that you were noticing that students are facing this year? I think it just seems like, and I was chatting with my colleagues earlier today to kind of see what everybody else's experience has been and what they're noticing with students. And it just seems like everything that was here is now up here. You know, I think everybody's all the students are just at a heightened level all the time. So something that may have not been, uh, you know, a triggering event or something that was a big deal last year is a bigger deal this year and more of a triggering event because they're already like their anxiety level is already right. high. Uncertainty is higher, you know, just dealing with new situations is difficult. And I think that there are a lot of students who are coping really well, but this is sort of like any student issue, right? Some students cope fantastically and have those strategies and skills and others that's more difficult for. I think we're just, this year is one of those times where we're gonna see all of those gaps for students, like students that really have those, those that lack of skill. No, I totally, yeah. And that's something similar that I've noticed is like everything is just, that was like pre-existing already there is just been magnified and amplified. Yeah. It's just like they turned, but they grabbed the volume control and just cranked it up. We turned it's it like, to 11. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Level 11 out of 10. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it. And but I, I agree. Like the, the resiliency of the kids have been amazing. I'm like, yeah. man, you know, I would have just like thrown my hands up in the air in certain points and been like, yo, you know, I think I'm good. And I'm like, I'm a 27 year old man. Like, you know, I keep the beard cause I have a baby face, but like, I'm a dude guys. I'm a, I'm a full grown man. And I would have just walked out. So these kids are doing amazing. Yeah. Um, so like as a school psychologist, how do counselors and psychologists work together hand in hand? Like how do we support each other? Yeah. Well, I think the first way is talking to each other. Um, I think that often when you're, especially in a district like Tuella, when you don't see them all the time, it's really easy to just exist in different spheres. And I think that it's really important that you know who the school psychologist and or the counselor is at the places that you work and you actively reach out to them and collaborate. Um, Cause I think nine times out of 10, if you just don't have that communication line established, it's not, nothing's going to happen. So I think the first step is know who they are and contact them that way when you something does come up you're like oh well i can just reach out you know to nate and call him and say hey what do you know about this student have you worked with them before tell me any, any background you've got um after that i think it kind of depends on how often you're y'all are with each other in the school but if you're there together i would say like sit down and think about can we run some groups together or is there ways that we can triangulate our efforts to you know support the students in our community in our school the best way like what's your expertise that's great because i don't feel comfortable in that area but this is my expertise you know i feel like the the people that i hear from the most that have benefited from working with their counselor or their school psychologist are people that um you know work as a team so if someone is really comfortable with mindfulness they say hey why don't you go teach lessons on mindfulness and i'll take all your kids who are working on like some divorce struggles and we mm. can kind of work off of each other's strengths and maybe teach each other some things i really really like that so like what are some of your do you have any like experiences where you're like dang that was a good collaboration that went well yeah. Um, when I was, um, when mindfulness became like the hot topic a few years ago, um, 
I worked really closely with my counselor to make sure that we a both went through the training. So we were both trained on mindfulness through mindful schools. And then we split up every classroom in the school to make sure that every classroom had the mindfulness lesson, either from herself or from myself um, throughout the year. And I feel like that would not have been possible if we had been working alone. Um, That's a busy year. It was a busy year. That's a lot of teaching y'all. How many classrooms, like 40 more? It was like 30. I think we had like 30, 32 classrooms. Y'all, that's holy crap. Y'all went through every classroom. And that means, did you do it once per semester? Because classrooms change. Well, we did. So this is an elementary school. So we did one lesson per week. But it's a lot of lessons. Per week? You went to every classroom every week? Yeah, or per month. So we kind of divided it. It was a lot. Goodness. But, but totally not doable by yourself. No, like that no. Yeah, that <laughs> Do not try time. this on your own, guys. <laughs> yeah, don't try that by yourself. But it's it's doable and super beneficial to all this. Like we felt like that was a huge, huge benefit to the students and to the school community. Um, I think some other things that have worked really well for my colleagues in working with their counselors have been, uh, you know, running groups together. Mm -hmm. So having two adults for a group can be really beneficial for like role play because it's always better. It's easier to role play with someone when you have another person there. I mean, you can act and do it your best yourself, but there's some, you know, actual real social interaction that happens there. And also just the ability to have maybe some different skills you work on in the group or bigger groups if you have two people at a time. And I also feel like when you're working with another person, they see things that you don't. Like if I'm doing some instruction, that other person can be watching and saying, well, I really saw that like student A and student B got that concept, but like the other ones is totally over their head. So I feel like sometimes working, teaching as a team can be awesome. Yeah, like co, I don't know, I was about to say co-hosting because at our last uh, Utah School Counselors um, conference, they talked about like when you're running groups, have a co-host for your group. Um, But I was like, really? But then we ran some small groups last year on like resiliency and mindfulness. And I thought about like, actually, yeah, because last year was my intern year. And so Mm -hmm. like, I had to have a licensed counselor in the room with me talking about all this deep stuff. Um, and so we didn't get sued. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was like, Oh dang, this would be like super hard if it was just by myself, like trying to notice all things. Um, man, I love that. So are you still a, are, are, so are you still a school psychologist now or do you do something different now? I'm still a school psychologist, but I don't work in schools right now. So right now I supervise other school psychologists and our SLPs and our physical therapists, occupational therapists, all of those gotcha. other related servers. Man, so do you so you so you don't see kids near as much then? No, which is super Aww. disappointing. I go into schools um, you know, to do observations of my employees, of other right. people which is one of my favorite things to do because then I get to see them working with kids and that's like that's that's fun. Right. Um, but no, I don't get to work with students as much anymore, which is disappointing. Man, do you miss the students? Yeah. And I actually, it was kind of funny. I had a student that I used to work with. She emailed me um, and she was having some anxiety. So I reached out to the school psychologist at her school and said, I need you to check in with the student. But if you guys want to, you can call me on Teams. So they actually called me today when we had lunch together, which was super fun because I, yeah, I was like, oh, I miss children (laughs) made me remember why i'm here to begin with working with kids right right and speaking of that like what got you into school psychology because like 
I got into school counseling because I accidentally went into school psych first and realized, oh shoot, this isn't what I wanted to do. This is, I wanted to do counseling. I we got like, when we were into the interview process and they started talking about like defending my thesis and crap, I'm like, oh, what? I gotta Whoa, go. Whoa. <laughs> bro, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to talk to like, it, it was just different. Um, so how did you get into school psych? Um, well, I got an undergrad in psychology and then kind of, you know, stalled out and was like, well, what am I going to do now? Um, great. Yeah. There's nothing to really do with that. Um, and I always knew that, you know, I love, I was very passionate about education and I considered being a teacher, but didn't want that full time. I went and worked in a preschool and did Head Start for a while, which was a blast, but kind of reinforced that I didn't want the responsibility of a teacher because that job is so hard. Um, and then when I thought about like, I wanted to work with kids and maybe I wanted to do therapy with children. And I was like, I don't want to do private practice. How do I find this? And then luckily someone um, in the know suggested school psychology, which I'd never heard of before. And I think that's most people's experience. Like when you ask a school psychologist how they ended up being a school psychologist, it's always like a random person or an accident where they found out about it. It's just not, but not a well-known career. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I have a cousin over in Alpine school district who he's a school psychologist. He got his degree in counseling, but then they hired him as a school psychologist on a letter of authorization because they're on a, they're on a shortage. Yeah. And some of have dual degrees like there are lots of school psychs who have a degree in counseling and in school psychology yeah oh, and i feel like because like there's a shortage in both right now but i feel like there's a lot less people to choose from for school psych like i don't know i feel like utah's producing a lot of new school counselors especially through utah state right now yeah. school psych though i'm like y'all we need more. we need more of y'all y'all are so great man and more. And I don't, like, I knew our school psychologist pretty well last year, then she left. Um, And then our new one I met uh, during an IEP meeting because she was on Zoom. And Mm -hmm. that's another struggle is getting to know your school psychologist when a lot of them, you know, due to health concerns or whatever, they might not be able to make it to your school. Um, But I agree with you. All you school counselors listening, know, get to know your school psychologist. Find out who it is. If you have one in your district, if you want in your school, go talk to them, learn their name so you guys can collaborate and you guys can work hard together for the benefit of your kids. Because school psychs, they don't just test kids. They have other skills. They can do a lot more than just decide whether or not a kid needs special education services. And I think that you got, I think feel like school psychs kind of have that rep in some schools. Yeah. Like, oh, get the, get the tester out here. That's what their job is. Just test kids and look at data. They're like, yeah. we have emotions. We're people. We want to do more. And I would say <laughs> that model has definitely gone by the wayside. Like if you talk to most recent graduates, like in the last five to 10 years of school psychology, we all want to do all of the things. Like we're trained in so many things and we want to do all of them. So our biggest struggle is, yeah, getting a district that can have funding for and time for us to do all those things. And and people knowing that we do them so right because i feel like school counselors we shoulder so much and try to put so much on our plate when we can like you know let people help us yeah Um, onto our plate because we can take it they want more guys they want more on their plate okay (laughs) man oh i love it so much thank you so much i i've i've learned so much in our interaction right now man um okay so 
Um, the what is this? The U, okay, USA. What's your? Do you guys? Do you guys still call it USA? UASP? No, UASP. UASP. So, if school psychologists um, are needing any sort of extra resources and support, where can they find UASP and get resources from them? Yeah. So our website, you asked me and I'm like, I don't even know what our website is. <laughs> That's a great question. Hold on. Um, we are at uasp.wildapricot.org um, is our home webpage. And that's kind of where you can find our membership and um, how to join up. And we have a lot of uh, member resources there and then our events. So I think our website has quite a bit on there for any school psychologists out there or counselors who, you know, want extra resources. We've got a ton. Awesome. And that website um, that will be included in the show notes as well as there's a few other links that you sent me, they'll all be included in in the, in the show notes. Um, Thank you so much for coming on again. Um, Just to end, we usually do, we, to end, we usually put out some good vibes, just some feel goods um, because we need more of that. (laughs) Um, and I was watching, so back when, back when quarantine was at its height, do you know, okay, do you watch The Office? Yeah. Okay, so you know who John Kraskinski is? Yes. So he did, he did, he was doing that thing called Some Good News. Good News, yeah. Yeah, we watched every episode, and we were, I was watching it again, and the one that gave me just the feels was this cute little nine-year-old man got on a freaking, like, lift thing and lifted himself up to the third floor of the nursing home where his, the hospital nursing home thing where his wife was set so he could sing to her because he sings to her every night, but then they got separated because of COVID and quarantine and he couldn't go in the hospital, but he went on a freaking lift so that he could sing to his wife still. I was just like, you guys are the best. But really though, humans are great. People are great. Thank you so much for coming on again. Um, If you guys have any questions, hit us up. Thank you again, Lauren. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email thesoundingboard at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other counselors find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi-monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current Utah School Counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at UT School Counselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselor Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go.